This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to Always Cheating, a fantasy Premier League podcast. I am Brandon and I'm here with my co-host, the greatest American FPL player. It's Josh. Hey Brandon, how are you? Completely untrue, but nice to hear from you. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well coming off of game week four. Um, and game week four was uh, the first Josh uh, fantasy Premier League meltdown of the season. Uh, did you have the best weekend uh, I did not. I did not have the best. I had a. I personally, on a personal level, I had a nice weekend. Uh, I went out and did some, I did some birding on Sunday. Uh, saw a few things. Uh, Saturday was was a was another disaster. I, I two out of two of the last three weeks have been really quite terrible for me. Uh, and I, I think I might be tinkering too much now. Actually, I think I've gone the other way. I, I was I was holding back in the early weeks, and now I'm now I'm overcorrecting, and I've got to find some some happy medium. Well, this, of course, is a podcast devoted to the Fantasy Premier League. We first want to thank, uh, we are, or we want to welcome all of our new listeners that we have since our last episode of the podcast. And, uh, Josh, we have somebody to thank, too. Yeah, uh, just a thank you to uh, TransferHub.com, uh, who wrote a little post about us and uh, seems to have sent a lot of people our way. So uh, thank you to those guys. And uh, you can check them out at uh, TriggerLips.com. And I'm actually not sure what that means. Uh I, I think uh, it must be some sort of New Zealand expression or something, or maybe it's something really obvious that I've just never heard before. Well, I've Who never knows? heard it either, so that, that's one for the listeners out there. But we're two Americans. You know, we don't know that much. So uh, on this show, we are going to uh, we're going to give the rundown of our new public league, Hail Cheaters, uh, to see who's in the lead there. And we're also going to take a look at uh, the closing of the transfer window in the Premier League that happened uh, today as we're recording this episode run down the fixtures of game week four and uh, then look ahead to game week five coming up. Did All I miss right. anything there? Uh, that, that sounds pretty thorough. That sounds like a solid 
hour right there. <laughs> so uh, going back to welcoming our new listeners, you have to go to our site, alwayscheating.com. There's a link there to our public FPL league called Hail Cheaters. We now are up to 10 players. <laughs> Um, and let's see. <laughs> it might have been higher had we credited before the season actually started. But, you know, that's all right. We'll take it. We, we have to hire a publicity intern, I think, to, <laughs> to get this really going. But up to 10, that's double digits. That's not bad. That's, bad. that's enough true. to keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, we're not faring, faring terribly well in this league of ours. Let's see. I'm in sixth place. And you're down there, Rune Pig Genesis, in, in nine out of ten position. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually when um, when uh, Pele scored uh, on Sunday morning, I actually thought to myself, well, at least we're both not going to be at the bottom of the Hail Cheaters League anymore. <laughs> at least one of us, because it, it was kind of embarrassing to to create your own public fantasy league and then be <laughs> have you and your co-host mired at the bottom of the league. Uh, just does not read very well. So I am still in, I'm in ninth out of 10th, uh, and you are now in 6th, so that's not too bad. Hey, as they're fond of saying, it's a long season. But uh, up that's at true. the top, we have to give, uh, we have to tip our hat to Ajax Trees Down, mm-hmm. um, who who appears to be a Newcastle fan, and and he has Wilson up front on 7 points, and Andre Ewu, who I am definitely looking at for my Game sure. Week 5 How transfer. Sure, after the menu game. Yep. Karlov and Shaw in the defense were big for him. And he ended up with 52 points on the week, and he's leading the Hail Cheaters League uh, above 200, 202 points. And then we've got, uh, we've got Mangueros in second and 11 best friends, which is a good Men in Blazers shout right there in third place. So, again, go to our site at alwayscheating.com. There's the code there to join our public league, Hail Cheaters. Um, all right, now going back to, Josh, your dismal week, usually we start the show with our winners and losers. Um, it's going to be hard for you to pick out the biggest loser. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm tempted to pick myself again, as I did in game week two. Uh, You've got to spread I'll, the blame. Yeah, I suppose I'll go with Martin Skirtle, though. I'm going to direct my, my frustration at, at Mr. Martin Skirtle. Uh, and he was who, your transfer in this week, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I had three. I had three possible moves that I was planning to make uh, this game week. One was to stand pat and stay with Luke Shaw, which would have worked out great. Uh, one was to transfer in uh, Bakari Sanya, which also would have worked out great. And the other one was to transfer in Martin Skirtle, uh, who gave me one point. Uh, so, and I lost the clean sheet like within the first five. I mean, there's nothing worse than making a transfer. I don't like make transferring to defenders to begin with making a defender transfer, and then immediately losing the clean sheet. And he's, he's not even, like, on the wings, right? It's like maybe he'll score a header. It's, it's possible, you know? He, so, he's, a, he's a great threat on corner kicks. But, yeah, you're right. That's going to be, like, once every five weeks if you're really lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that did not work out that well. Uh, you know, I just I was tinkering too much. Luke Shaw, uh, you know, on the road to Swansea, it would have been fine. I, I you actually pointed this out in last week's podcast too, and you said, you know, you can get you can get assists, you can get goals, uh, and I just sort of dismissed it. And I, I, I you know, I was pretty sure that that Swansea would score on the road as they or at home as they did, uh, but I just didn't account for Luke Shaw's crosses. And he he's looked he looked really good the last game too. So it really was kind of foolish not to not to bring him in. But um, you yeah. know, yeah, live yeah, and learn. you do have to live and learn. I ended up starting Luke Shaw, though, like you, I was really confident that Swansea was going to score against them. But he is really great at getting into the penalty box, delivering service. Um, but he, he 
It's hard to tell if he was to blame for that second Swansea goal. He was basically walking back to try and catch up with Gilfie Sigurdsson and Andre yeah. Awu as they were pushing Great forward. Great pass from Awu to Gummies. I mean, Gummies is uh, he's a hard person to, to stay on top of. Yeah. So it's, it's unclear to me whether LVG's setup is, okay, Luke, get up front and uh, be offensive, and we'll depend, you'll depend on Chris Smalling to basically cover you if there's a counterattack. And yeah. that, that was definitely the plan on that play anyway. That, that goal was so, the, or the assist he got was so painful too, because, you know, once you transfer out a player, you want nothing more than for them to do terribly. And right? how, so how, how closely were you scrutinizing that replay to see if Rooney actually got the touch to get the assist? Yeah, it was like the Zapruder film. I mean, I, I, I was watching, <laughs> I, 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 you know, it was uh, like just a, like, you know, I wish I had like old film that I could splice and like really like blow it up and, and look at it from every angle. Uh, it was, I knew, you know, well, back in the day, I feel like the FPL used to be really um, the slightest touch and they would call it an assist. Um, although actually they didn't have it at David Silver earlier this season. Yeah, so uh, yeah we, Lukaku has been the the great benefactor of many uh, <laughs> glancing the assists. Lu- it's almost the Lukaku. I was actually thinking of Lukaku when I said that. Uh, so I think, um, you know, whatever, you know, he's going to get some crosses. The, my my logic was sound. Uh, I think I I think I actually made the right decision. I don't want to Monday morning quarterback myself too much. Yeah, I guess, I guess my, uh, we the thinking now... was I I couldn't afford Kolarov without. Sorry to talk over you. No, no. I couldn't afford Kolarov without uh, making two transfers. Uh, and once it became clear that um, Gail Clichy was out for several weeks, I really wanted to make sure that that Kolarov was the player I brought in. So the idea was I already had two Man City players. I couldn't bring in two defenders. So I, you know, I thought I wouldn't bring in Clichy. I'll wait till next week and turn um, probably Aspilicueta into um, into uh, Colorado. Now I'm thinking about two transfers because I'm a little worried about Memphis Depay, and I, I may have to burn some points. Yeah, Depay is uh, public enemy number one in my squad right now. But yeah, your logic was sound bringing springing Skirtle in, but now your logic is a little unsound because this pattern is emerging for West Ham to be uh, on fire when they're away from home, particularly against big clubs. So now they've decimated both Arsenal and Liverpool at their home stadiums. I just overthought it. You know, the the, the move would have been to just not make a transfer. You know, sometimes you just, you just want to make a transfer. You just oh, can't oh. resist. So Martin Skirtle is your loser. Any winners in Runepig Genesis <laughs> yeah, this I'll week? Yeah, I'll go with uh, Bafatimbi Gomez, uh, Gomez, who looked uh, fantastic. His first bonus point of the campaign. That's right. Only one, of course. Uh, even though he was... I mean, AU, of course, had to, had to get two. I was a little surprised Luke Shaw got two over over Gomez. Yeah, but... it was similar to what we saw with Azpilicueta in game week one when mm-hmm. they tied against Swansea and... Aspie ended up with what two, maybe three bonus points off yeah, of that two goal after th- letting it, in two goals. Yeah, I think it was two bonus points. He finished with uh, with six in that game. So you know, but yeah, so Gomez is my winner. There's not much more to be said about him that hasn't been said already. I mean, he's on a fantastic run. You just got to pick him up. And Swansea has some decent fixtures coming up, and he's 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 easy money. That team looks so good. I mean, that that team looks like they could. I mean, and Gary Monk is seems like the real deal. I mean, this is you hear it from everybody. Um, Smart haircut too. 
I don't know why he, every, I don't know who everybody means. I mean, I've read a couple articles <laughs> online, uh, but uh, but he does seem like a very uh, very smart, competent manager. The team is constructed is fantastic. Ashley Williams looks incredible. That uh, tackle he had on Rooney at the end of the game in the penalty box was uh, like when people say beast mode, that's what they mean. <laughs> it really it was a, that that was a, a beautiful like a painting can be made at that tackle. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Rooney granted let him in. And should have been shooting that on his left uh, much quicker. I but. can see they're going to be this year's Southampton, it looks like. Uh, challenging all year in the Champions League spots or in and out of them, at least. Uh, will probably fall off just a little bit at the end of the season. But it uh, seems like they're at least going to be, be able to pick up a, you know, a, a Europa League spot or maybe go on a cup run or something like that. I mean, it's a really fun team to root for. That would be so terrible for them to pick up a Europa League spot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's such a curse. So speaking of my winner of the week is actually Graziano Pele on Southampton uh-huh. because I, for better or worse, have stuck with him. And he finally delivered for the first time since his goal in game week one. And he, I got a goal and an assist from him. And he looked rather decent. He was and getting no, no bonus criticism. points, strangely. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, Tadic and Mane are partly to blame for that. And I think Pele, his problem is, is he just, he gives up possession too much. Being a target man, either he he get collects the ball and shoots more often than not off target, or he can't collect the ball and loses and gets tackled. And I'm sure that is not good for your BPS. Tadich is so frustrating. Yeah, I just pulled up the stats a moment ago. So first game of the season, 90 minutes, one assist. Uh, second game of the season, only plays 45 minutes, subbed at halftime. Uh, no points or assists, or, one, you know, one point. Uh, doesn't even play in game week three. Uh, and then in game week four, um, uh, scores two goals, racks up a clean sheet, picks up three bonus. He has he get 51, uh, or, or 53 BPS this week. Uh, you know, so he finishes with 16 points, very similar to game week eight last year. Uh, and now, but you know, so it's really tending to bring him in. You know, he's only he's only uh, six point nine. But you uh, also but you, don't, know, you never know. I mean, he may not start the next game, despite what just happened. Yeah, you don't get the sense that the manager has any great love for Tadic, even though he he's gotten more starts this season. But he, remarkably he, uncon- yeah, inconsistent. So Amani actually seems like the player who's. In fact, I'm very tempted to, to turn uh, Depay into Mane, uh, despite the fact that the fixtures are, are just okay. Well, and we'll talk, we'll get to the transfer window in a minute, but um, I was really concerned about Pele if Mane's uh, rumored transfer to Man United actually went through. I'd be very concerned about the service happening there at Southampton. But it looks like, well, he's definitely staying, so that's great for your Southampton assets. Yeah, that rumor came in very late. It's, it's so hard to trust the... Uh... The did, last, you know, 72 hours or so. Did that. you see the Jonathan Walters uh, to Man United rumor that surfaced at the at the end of the window closing? Is that true? I, well, I, I think someone I must think, have made that up. I think he was taking the piss on Twitter because he said, sorry, LVG, my helicopter didn't arrive in time. Ah, I see. So yeah. I assume so. I think he was just lamenting the fact that nobody wanted him. Yeah, I had heard uh, West Brom as a potential suitor for him, but... Yeah, I guess we'll get to that in a moment, though. Well, disaster. before we move on, though, uh, my loser of the week is not a player. Josh, do you have any guesses as to who my loser of the week might be? Uh, would it be the all-out attack, Brandon? <laughs> it is. It is. I played my first chip this week, and I went for the all-out attack chip, and I was looking at my defensive line, which I've, I, I had Russell Martin, Luke Shaw, Robert Huth, Joel Ward, 
maybe only Leicester at Bournemouth, I was convinced of a clean sheet, and we know how that worked out. I just wasn't um, certain of any clean sheets, and I and I had Albrighton on my bench. Albrighton and Mahrez, uh, away to, to a promoted Bournemouth. I thought, why not? Let's play five in the midfield. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Let's have Let's some fun. Exactly. And... Um, Ozil was against Newcastle, and of course, um, I get out of bed. We had plans to meet up at a bar in your neighborhood for the 7.45 Eastern Time kickoff, uh, Newcastle Arsenal. So I'm out of bed around 7 a.m., and I go to the John, and I'm sitting there checking my phone, looking at the starting lineup, and uh, I'm sure you remember the scene from Breaking Bad where Hank Schrader uh, pulls out the copy of Leaves of Grass and realizes that Walt, the de- the Walter w- White w- is w- Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> that was the exact expression I had when I saw that Ozil was out with a knee niggle. Right, because as an American, and I and you were walking across, you were walking across neighborhood, right, from Prospect Heights to Park Slope. It's, yeah, it's like a good like forty minute so, walk. Yeah, so you, you're up at six forty-five in the morning. You know, very, very, very early, at least for, for me it is, and uh, on a Saturday morning. Uh, and you are about to watch a game that now has absolutely no fantasy implications for you. <laughs> uh, and the only if, uh, implications it has are negative. It's just me with my my face in my palms the entire time. Yeah. Just so you were, you were complaining about Skirtle losing his clean sheet after, what, like 15 minutes? Well, at least you had those 15 yeah. minutes, Josh. I think it was actually five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> it was pretty short. <laughs> five minutes seems like 15 at Anfield, I'll tell mm. you what. Indeed. So my first experience with the chip was not so good, but if I had to lose one chip with no uh, great outcome, I guess it should be the all-out attack, which it, under scrutiny looks like, an, uh, looks like a pretty worthless chip. Yeah, uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I would have waited if I were you. What are but... the What are the ideal circumstances in which you play the all out attack? Well, I, I don't mean to build everything around these double game weeks, but there there really could be some times this year. You know, a, you know, match could get canceled because of a snowstorm or something like that. You know, there could be times when when you could play five players across who are all um, you know all have uh, double game weeks or all have uh, fixtures. I, I don't know. I just feel like. I might have I might have waited a little bit longer. Uh, I mean, you know, also the, that Bournemouth team, their their defense looked pretty good in the last game. It's true. I I think ultimately what uh, I gave a, an elaborate explanation looking at my squad as to why I played all out attack. But honestly, I had a really bum week the week before, and I, I and I my transfer was. Um, what was oh Mares? I was just bandwagon jumping with my transfer. I needed some juice. Yeah, so, and and so this this is in like three weeks when you play your triple captain. I expect to hear the same rationale. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then the, when you play the bench boost, and uh, two weeks after that, you know it'll be the same thing. I've just it's just all juice all the time <laughs> over here for for the BK Broilers. You need your fix. All right, so the transfer window uh, has just closed. Um, some kind of not interesting stuff has happened. Should we just give it the rundown? You put together actually yeah. a, um, a pretty good comprehensive look at, at how the fantasy league transfers sh- shook out. Yeah, I highlighted uh, 15 players who I think might be worth keeping an eye on. I'm not, not going to run through all of them right now, uh, but we're going to post them on the Always Cheating website. A uh, couple that, uh, that stand out as um, just people to keep an eye on. You know, I'm not sure. Very few of these players are players that I would immediately want to draft into my team. I mean, you just never know you know, um, how quickly they're going to slot in. I mean, I guess, um, 
you know, Virgil van Dyke, who uh, moved to Southampton from from Celtic, uh, or sorry, Celtic. That's 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 the American. I mean, Celtic uh, is um, is five point five million and is probably going to slot right into the um, the Maya Yoshida spot. Uh, I, I have such a soft spot for Maya Yoshida. Uh, he looks like a nice guy. <laughs> he does look like a nice guy. And they pimp the shit out of him on uh, all their marketing. I think because they're really going for a, maybe a Japanese fan base. Right. But Maya Yoshida, was, his face was all over FIFA 15. And <laughs> if you follow Southampton's Instagram, you're guaranteed to get at least one Yoshida post a week. The, the Yoshida watch? Yeah, the Yoshida watch. Yeah, well, I think he's probably moving to the bench uh, at this point. Uh, I, I don't know why. Yeah, so he's $5.5 million. I uh, came up from Celtic. Uh, I don't know. You know, offhand, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't bring him right in. I mean, also, um, you know, Cedric is still uh, half a million cheaper, so he'd be the one I'd be looking at. If you wanted to bring a Southampton defender in, which I actually don't think is smart at the moment, um, Julian Lescott also moved over um, from um, from West Brom to Aston Villa. I expect him to start right away. And he's going to be uh, reunited with his former Man City teammate, Micah Richards. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, although he's he's point three more expensive. He's four point nine. He's moving over because he you know he was already priced at five in the when he was at West Brom, and that that price is really too high for him. I'd say on Aston Villa, you wouldn't really want someone more than I guess uh, Micah Richards is up to four point six now, but yeah. um, I got him at four point five. That seems about as Highest, honestly, I'm not even really thrilled to have an Aston Villa defender at the moment. It'll be interesting to see how that impacts the attack because Micah Richards has been getting forward, but Lescott would be the main man on corner kicks. I mean, maybe they both will. But what I I like more is Lescott's experience and leadership. I think that'll really bolster the Villa defense. Probably worth more of a shout for clean sheets at Villa. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, and I, you know, I think, probably uh, boosts uh, Brad Guzan's value a little bit, and and hopefully Michael Richards yeah. too. <laughs> get a little get a little more ROI on that Richards pickup. Uh, yeah, I think um, I'm really surprised he was on the outs at Aston Villa. I mean, I thought he played pretty well for them last year. And uh, West Brom, you mean? Or yeah, West Brom. Excuse me, he just moved to Aston Villa. Uh, it seems like he. Um, I don't know. You know, it's a surprising thing, but I guess you just you know it's a fit in the. In the it's probably defense. that weird gash on his head that just makes him totally volatile and unpredictable, and it <laughs> yeah. just can't last too long at any given team. Tony, Villa, yeah, Tony Pulis is horribly vain, and just, his vanity extends. <laughs> no, to no blights on his team. players. So what? Okay, so here probably are tried to force him to wear a baseball cap. We can talk about the bigger players in a minute. There, there are two players that I think are interesting in the midfield who just got transferred. Uh, one is Victor Moses, who moves to um, West Ham from Chelsea. And uh, he was a hugely influential player last season at Stoke. Uh, he was held. He was he had some block. He had a couple blockbuster FPL weeks. Yeah, he did. Uh, he started really strong, and then he was out for most of the middle of the season, and then he came back very strong down the stretch. Uh, and he's priced at five point three million. So if he gets starts at West Ham, West Ham, as as we've seen, have multiple players who can score. Uh, I think that he could be a very interesting option there. So. Someone to keep an eye out for. Actually, in, sort of in line with him is uh, Yelovich, who moved from uh, West Ham from who moved to West Ham from Hull. Uh, Yelovich, you kind of know what you're getting with him. Uh, you know, he's steady but not very explosive. But he's only priced at six million, and um, you have to believe you know, that he, he, if he makes the rotation, he'd be one to keep an eye on too. Yeah, that would be my concern. I would, particularly if Andy Carroll gets back into the lineup, Carroll and Sacco would be first choices, and Yelovich would just be a plan, plan B, plan C. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, but, you know, maybe 
all, all these players, all the players who got trained, you, I wouldn't bring in any of these guys, including Anthony Marshall, the the Man U guy who just joined for Monaco. So, it, but the other the other one I want to highlight quickly. In the it, it, should we also point out, just speaking of West Ham, that Alex Song is uh, back in the squad? Oh yeah, Song. So yeah, I mean, for West Ham has been very mercurial, but today's events have been uh, pretty very, very positive. I would say. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, I mean, it's a it's a weird team, uh, right? I mean, two, an away win at Liverpool, an away win at Arsenal, and then two pretty bad losses at home. Yeah. You know? so hard to know what you're getting with that team at the moment. Uh, the other midfielder I wanted to highlight was Nathan Dyer, who moves uh, from Leicester, from Swansea City to Leicester, and uh, he is priced at four point eight million at the moment. So if he is starting for Leicester, he could be a really excellent fifth midfielder option. I'm trying to figure out where he fits into the lineup and who in that starting lineup could... Um, Danny Drinkwater, Danny perhaps? Drink. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That does. And, and that's great. I think, well, him and Jamie Vardy together, that's a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see, Yeah, and then Albrighton sort of delivering some crosses for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, hopefully. for everybody. In your case, he just, yeah. Hopefully for me, <laughs> though. Though uh, when I play my bench boost uh, next week, I'm sure it'll work out. Brandon, give me your thoughts on uh, Dia Mercy Mobacani. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked because uh, I followed Dynamo Kia very closely <laughs> last season. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I just have seen his name for the first time right now in your email that you sent me. <laughs> He's, well, he, a, he's at 6.0. Is he yeah. a defender? He's a forward. He's a forward. Okay. Yeah, he's a, he's a 29-year-old. He's got a pretty good track record, actually. I mean, not not uh, not a not a top league track record, but he has he scored 16 and 33 at Dynamo Kiev and 34 and 53 games at Anderlecht, um, Belgium League. Okay. Uh, and this is a Norwich team that is desperately in need of a forward. Uh, so. I think that he he's a player who may actually start right away. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily bring him in right away, but uh, one to keep an eye out for. Um, I think that team, they actually, they're, they're moving forward. They actually look okay. And I think what they really need right now is someone who can finish. So he might be, um, he might be an under the radar pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Jerome is a liability in the premier league. And I I mean, come on, that guy, that guy has been moving in out of the premier league for like seven or eight years now. We know what we're getting with Jerome. Yeah, we, we, we absolutely do. Come on, Jerome. (laughs) We've seen it before, buddy. Take a hike. Uh, anybody else? Well, I guess we, we uh, Kevin so, De Bruyne is the other one to, to talk Kevin about. Kevin De Bruyne is the big one, but uh, we're, we're Americans and uh, we're U.S. Uh, men's national team fans. DeAndre Yedlin, he, he saw maybe like 20 minutes total for Spurs during his tenure there last season. So he's now following in Josie Altidore's footsteps, which is problem number one. Um, I, I would doubt we'll see him play very much at all at Sunderland. Um, it's, yeah, not like, it's yeah. not like that team is so rock solid in the defense that he couldn't find a way to earn a spot at some point. They're not, and even they put him out on the wing in the midfield. He's got enough pace, but um, <laughs> honestly, I think he's just like a, a marketing buck for the American audience that's being passed around the Premier League right now. <laughs> it could be. Uh, I think that does, does Patrick Van Anhalt does he play in the left or the right? I can't remember. Uh, he's on the left. Okay, so with 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 Van Aanholt on the left and Yedlin on the right, you'd have a lot of speed. 
uh, which would be kind of interesting. I'm, not, I'm actually not sure if speed is what they really need right now. That's true. And then uh, they can just bomb up the wings, and Catamol can just uh, jump kick people uh, to prevent them from getting beyond the last line of defense. Yeah, Catamol just, I mean, he, the guy basically is like five games on, one game off at this point, right? He plays five games, gets five yellow cards. <laughs> Uh, serves one game suspension, comes back, racks up five more yellow cards, serves suspension. Two two heinous penalties he's already given away this season. One to Mares and then the other to Sinclair. That that guy, he's 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 just he's amazing. He's amazing to watch. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, it's I guess that I don't even know where they'd be without him. Is the thing. I mean, they probably wouldn't have a point. I mean, he's he's flying around. He's like. He's just a cut above Charlie Austin, basically. I mean, he's a better player than Austin, but he's got that style where it's just... I mean, the guy is just a walking yellow card. <laughs> okay, we're, 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 uh, we're getting sidetracked from transfer talk here, but De Bruyne, <laughs> De Bruyne priced at 10.0, that, that seems ludicrous to me. I just, you know... Higher if, than Pedro? If Man City had, had, had started the season, uh, you know, with two wins, a uh, draw, and a loss, do you think he'd come in at 10 million? I mean, I just wonder if part of that is... Man City team is on fire right now. They're bringing in uh, a player with a, with a proven record, at least at Wolfsburg. It's pretty spotty when he was at Chelsea. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just think, well, this team is on a, is on a roll right now. He's got to be priced accordingly. I, yeah, I don't know. For me, the only reason to bring him into your FPL squad would be for a differential because at 10.0, I can't imagine anybody's going to be bringing him in. I guess if you were trying to offload Sanchez, you know, or even uh, Eden Hazard, that that might be interesting. Um, I mean, I mean, some people just. I mean, for someone like me, who's already like kind of. I mean, I, I, you don't want to play the differential game too early in the season. It's a mistake I've made in, in years past. I mean, it's a long season. Uh, but I think um, you know, if you wanted somebody, inter- I, the problem is I'm not sure if he's going to start right away. I mean, you, everyone sort of expects him to displace uh, Jesus Navas at some point, but it may take you know two or three weeks for him to get there. Another weirdly high price tag is for Anthony Marshall at 8.0. The 19-year-old striker is coming into Manchester United from Monaco. I'm not sure that that's... I actually don't know that I agree with that. I think, um, I mean, he is young, but uh, I think there's a pretty decent chance that he'll actually end up displacing Rooney. And uh, it's not that Rooney won't start, but Rooney will get moved to the middle, you know, like like the kind of an Ander Herrera spot or something like that. So I was looking at United's... Instagram account, and they posted a picture of Marshall welcoming to the club, and it says, uh, at Marshall underscore nine has scored more goals, in parentheses, nine, than any (laughs) other teenager in Europe's top five leagues since the start of last season. That, to me, is a pretty, uh, that's a bit of a stretch for an impressive stat. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't pretend that I've been sitting around watching Monaco clips in anticipation of this move. Uh, 8.0 8. Yeah. when you could look at guys like Pele or Lukaku who's just a little bit more or Benteke at 8.5 who are proven goal scorers in the Premier League yeah. it seems insane that you would take an 8.0 it's, punt on a 19 year old striker and a team that really has no form to speak of right now he's like it's 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 with him it's like it's like the vice president or something you know it's like <laughs> Right now he's nothing, but he could be everything, you know. And it's like if if, if, if something he's happens, a gunshot away. Yeah, I think I, I stole the line from John Adams, or he's, uh, or he's a heart attack away. I guess to be less morbid, but or, if or just if, as morbid, if he uh, puts in a couple of good performances and earns a starting spot on that team, 
I mean, we're only in week four, right? If, if this guy is starting every week for Man United beginning in week eight, you're talking about 30 weeks with a, you know, with a eight, eight million uh, Man United forward. I mean, that is an absolute steal. Right. So if if that were I guess they just couldn't price him too low, because if he does play a lot. Yeah, then they look like idiots. Harry, yeah, you've got a Harry Kane situation. Yeah, right? I, I buy that. I yeah. definitely buy that. Before we move on from transfer talk, we have to shout out to the um, the flash in the pan bad wagon from the end of last season. Glenn Murray, Crystal <laughs> Palace to Bournemouth. Is mm-hmm. he going to play? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think he. Uh, well, I don't. I guess I don't know enough about the Bournemouth, you know, formation to know if they if they would play two strikers up front. I don't. I don't really think of him as a as an on the shoulder guy. You know, he seems like he's he's basically a, a straight ahead, straight up forward. I mean, despite the fact that he's like looks like he's forty seven. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he does look super super old. Uh, I, I think um, I don't know. I mean, he's only five point eight. So if he does, if he if he plays, it's. I mean, he's actually still more expensive than Callum Wilson, so at the, at the time being, you certainly wouldn't want to bring him in. But So we'll put him uh, in the bench boost category? Put him in the bench boost category. <laughs> All right, so that's enough transfer talk. Let, it, let us get to the, uh, the proceedings from last weekend, game week four. Uh, uh, we picked out three fixtures to focus in on. Uh, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Liverpool, West Ham. And Swansea Man United, but let's uh, let's just quickly run through the scores here. So Newcastle loses zero uh, one on an uh, Oxlade Chamberlain uh, assist on an own goal. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a nothing match. Arsenal has <laughs> Arsenal has no bite. They made and of course they reacted by not bringing in any transfers during the window. Yeah, let's let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> so Villa Sunderland was a pretty kind of an interesting match to follow in that yeah. uh it looked like I mean it was a pre- pretty evenly evenly matched squads and some really nice goals. Yeah, honestly, you kind of know when your season's not going well when you have two players on that Aston Villa team. Like I was I was watching that game at that we were watching at this bar called the Black Horse Pub in in Brooklyn. And uh I, I out of the corner of the screen, uh I see again within 5 minutes uh <laughs> Sunderland has scored a goal. I've lost an, I've lost another clean sheet with Michael Richards. Uh, and Ashley Westwood, I mean, that was always a bit of a punt. The problem was I, I put myself in this position because I had uh, I had Westwood or um or Troy Deeney uh, as my um kind of eleventh player. Spicy. Week. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, you know, I brought in Westwood. If if I was ever going to play Westwood, it was at, it was at home to Sunderland. Oh, right? for sure, for yeah, sure. So. I, you know, it seemed like the right decision at the time. I mean, neither player scored. If, if Trudini had scored, I would be really kicking myself right now. Well, the one thing to note there, Scott Sinclair at 4.9, he has five goals in two games for Villa. He, he's uh, definitely worth a look. And Lee Cattermall, as we were saying, also worth a look there. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, Bournemouth tied Leicester City. Colin Wilson, the uh, bandwagon of the week, scores an uh, overhead kick. It was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I mean... The, it was so lucky. I mean, everybody brought him in this week. Yeah, a classic bandwagon kid. resistance, uh, and, and we paid the price. I know. Oh, Dini would have slotted. I, I, I would have actually earned point one million. So that's that's the sort of bicycle kick that solidifies your stance on believing he is a bandwagon or, or not wanting to jump on it. Because what what's just more outrageously uh, lucky than than yeah. uh, a free 50-50 ball that you're going to score with an overhead kick. 
Yeah, it was a little strange. There, there is a there's a another fantasy podcast uh, that that we both know and like, uh, where a particular member of that podcast was talking about this Bournemouth team. Like, you should have like three players, maybe four, if you can rig the rules. I mean, it was so. I mean, it was Troy Deeney scored a hat trick last week. Uh, you know, against West Ham, one goal was on a penalty. One goal was on a terrible back pass. Yeah. I mean, it was it wasn't like this guy was uh, Luis Suarez or something. Yeah, you know, right. Like Make, making all of his own chances. I mean, he did nothing at home to Aston Villa. He did nothing really on the road to Liverpool. Uh, scores an overhead kick in this last game. I'm not saying that he he might not speed this year's Charlie Austin, but I think it's still too early to tell. The other talking point is another bandwagon with Mares going off at halftime with a little bit of a knock. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we worried about that? Have we heard any reports? Uh, I checked earlier today, actually, just out of curiosity. Uh, no, no, he's actually traveling with the uh, Algerian national team. He is not. Uh, he is not played or practice with them okay them. i wonder you know, if, i wonder if there's a little week so yeah. if he's traveling with them it can't be that bad right if it were if it were really bad he'd be he'd be staying he'd be in a hyperbaric chamber somewhere that's right he'd be getting uh, one of those uh, blood spinners in germany <laughs> so now we come to uh, one of the fixtures that we do want to look at a little more closely chelsea one crystal palace two only the second time in 100 games that jose Mourinho has lost at stamford bridge and man, I'm I'm sure glad that I buried Joel Ward on my bench. And who would have who would have thought? Right? Yeah, it, it's it's unreal on a diving header when he was he was just he was just loitering in the six yard box. Yeah, I think that um, I don't know what to say about this game. I mean, I, I sort of felt like I was. Um, I'm actually going to keep the faith with Chelsea. I, I know it, it seems crazy, but it's like I feel like I'm some investor with like a. I've got my like blue chip stocks and Azpilicueta and Hazard, and it has not panned out. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep the faith, and wait for the stock market, wait wait for you know all the the panics to subside, and and you know let Eden Hazard because if Eden Hazard does, I mean maybe I'm just it might just be wishful thinking at this point. Yeah. But if Eden Hazard goes off, and suddenly you've got an 11.5 million player that is almost impossible to bring in. Surely team. he's at 11.4 by now. <laughs> Perhaps he's at 11.4. Uh, but very difficult to bring into your team, right? So yeah. he's he's a great player who could also become a great differential because so many people don't have him on his team right now. Yeah, so and anyone looking me, at Chelsea midfield is going to be bringing in Pedro instead of Hazard at this point. Yeah, exactly. A and lot of as, wild card Pedros uh, as, over the as well, Yeah, as well I would if yeah. I were in that position. Oh, I'm definitely looking at Pedro right now. Yeah. I'm looking so, at him hard. What do you think about the Crystal Palace uh, performance? They looked amazing. They look great. I mean, Chelsea uh, didn't do themselves any favors. I made the comment to you when we were um, sitting at the Black Horse that Chelsea looked a little bit like me playing FIFA, like just sort of like trying to find angles and making very rudimentary passes and just sort of shifting the ball around the field, but with no real great um, determination or purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they lacked Fabregas um, really um, orchestrating anything, and Hazard wasn't making anything happen. But then Crystal Palace had so like like everyone was predicting, they were attacking Chelsea down the wings. Balassi, people predicted that he would not um, see the pitch because of his father passing away, but there he was, and he was looking very determined. Yeah, you have to love their midfield. Uh, my one problem with Crystal Palace is Connor Wickham. 
um, which he just looks like a crumpled up plastic bag blowing around the field, getting in everyone's way. He, yeah, should have should have been called for that penalty. Yeah, pulling Zuma down. What, uh, what was he thinking there? And uh, by the way, what do you have to do to get called for a penalty for a foul in the box? And we've seen this two weeks in a row. We saw Michael Michael Richards against Man United, where uh, Darmian basically grabbed Richards by the neck and held him with two hands by the neck yeah. while the ball was coming Horse in. collared him. The one, yeah. the one call I do remember, I think it was two seasons ago, and I only remember this because I was playing per Mertesacker in my FPL team, and he has had his jersey pulled on a corner kick and won a penalty. And I got a clean sheet and an assist and bonus points. It was glorious. Uh, but that's great, but, moments. <laughs> great moments in uh, FPL history. I mean, you moved to New York for stuff like that, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Only here. Well, I, I, I was base. I was assuming that Charlie Austin would be coming into Crystal Palace. Wouldn't Charlie Austin be a great replacement for uh, Connor Wickham? I can't believe no one picked Charlie Austin up. I, I'm, I, I'm stunned. I mean, are you telling me that Watford couldn't use Charlie Austin? I mean, there's so many teams that that could use Newcastle. It's yeah. crazy that, that uh, he couldn't find a spot. Apparently he has a bum knee, but you look at Diego Costa, which he could basically spontaneously combust at any moment, yet Chelsea is still uh, relying on him heavily for goals. I, I think we'll see someone bring him in in January. It just seems so unlikely that, I mean, particularly, if, if, you know, I guess if QPR is in first or second and they're challenging to get promoted, he might he might stay with that team. But, yeah. uh, you know, if if... if if Bournemouth starts to fall off, and if Wilson isn't uh, doesn't keep up his his Zlatan esque uh, scoring streak, then uh, you know it could be uh, could be someone like that. I, I don't know. I just think that Austin will find a find a Premier League team at some point. I, I love that guy. So Bakary Sacco in Crystal Palace's midfield was the big winner this week. He got all three bonus. He had a goal and an assist. So you have to like him for value. But me as a Joel Ward owner. Uh, super excited because I, with two goals under his belt over the two-week international break, uh, his value at 4.5 is guaranteed to go up. I'm shocked that he's actually still priced at 4.5 at, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, at, at any at any changeover with the site, I'm waiting for him to go up to 4.6. I mean, he'll probably be 4.7 by the time everyone plays their wild cards, I'm yeah. guessing. Sacco is an interesting player, not probably one to bring in for game weeks five and six. Uh, they're home to Man City and away to Spurs. Uh, but after that, it's away uh, to Watford, home to West Brom, home to West Ham, away to Leicester. Uh, you know, those are all tasty fixtures. Absolutely. So that's that. Chelsea, uh, keep the faith. Returns will come. Crystal Palace, also worth investment. They look they look great, though troubling fixtures in the next two game weeks. The next fixture we want to take a close look at, look at is Liverpool's home defeat to West Ham. And uh, what can you say? West Ham has, as I was saying earlier, established this pattern of being uh, blistering away from home. Yeah, I mean, this is almost like, you might as well just call it the Dejan Lovren game, right? I mean, Dejan Lovren killed Liverpool in this game. He did. Uh, I weirdly find crazy. myself uh, coming to Lovren's defense. I guess every anytime I'm looking at Lovren, he's doing something um, good. And then it every was, time I look yeah. away, he does something incredibly bad. It wasn't just the terrible crossover. Uh, I mean, he directly... The second goal came directly from a Dejan Lovren mistake. Oh, yeah. That was like straight up Benny Hill right there when he lost the ball in the corner after trying to to juke. It it was shades of Arthur Barak uh, when he was goalkeeper for Southampton, and he tried to juke 
Olivier Giroud, only to yeah. give away an open net goal. I, I'd love that. Um, I mean, that is one of the uh, the Dirty Tackle website had one of the greatest write ups of that Baruch. Uh, we'll we'll post that on uh, we'll post that on Twitter uh, and our and our maybe on our on our. Um, our website too uh just like like the sequence of events and like crazy stepovers that Baruch attempts <laughs> instead of just at some point you just kick the ball out right and just like, yeah. get seated a corner just, kick. yeah exactly a disaster. <laughs> or just or just fall down faking an injury yeah exactly uh so that liverpool game it's okay so two thoughts one is it, it might have just been one of those games right i mean just a just you know, it's just a bad game, and yeah. it, it's not necessarily indicative of a million different things, right? Like, I would agree with that, definitely. Yeah, I think. But the one, the one thing I will say is, it does give me pause when it comes to Christian Benteke, and a reminder that they bought a big, strong player, but not a player who, who is necessarily the most consistent of all players, right? I mean, they bought. He's he's got a lot of potential still, and he's very he's very strong, and he probably will fit particularly well into that team if Daniel Sturridge ever comes back, which looks like he finally might. Right. Uh, but he's not, you know, he's not an every game scorer necessarily. You know, he's not, he's, he's not even, he's not even Wilford Boney, you know, he's, yeah, I, yeah he's not a, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say with Jordan Henderson, but I am a believer that this midfield is really impacted by Jordan Henderson not being in the squad. And okay. it's left, sure. it's left, um, uh, Milner to do a lot of the heavy lifting when I think Milner would have been better as just a utility man playing off of Jordan Henderson. So Benteke is not getting the optimal service. And I guess the problem then with Liverpool is they have a lot of new guys in the midfield like Firmino that haven't fully bedded in. And then uh, Coutinho, who's uh, much more interested in 40-yard um, screamers than he is actually... Um, Nice, nice service to their target man. Yeah, although he did, he did played very well in an Arsenal game uh, the week before. I agree. I mean, that's a guy that uh, it's a little bit like. Oh, uh, I think I want to adopt a cat, and uh, I go over to somebody's house, and they've got a cat. I'm like, oh, cute cat. By the time I leave the house, I'm like, Jesus, I'm so glad I don't have a cat. <laughs> that's a little bit how I feel about Coutinho. One week I'm like, oh man, it'd be really nice to have Coutinho in my FPL squad, and then yeah. the next week I'm like, oh god, thank God. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a little bit like, um, uh, yeah, I actually had Coutinho for a lot of last season. Like, I, I felt that way a lot. It's he's like the poor man's uh, David Silva. You know, David Silva. You will free when you own Silva. You will frequently go three or four weeks without anything amazing, yeah. but you'll typically get at least an assist. You know, like just enough to keep you going. You know, and yeah. in between his like you know goal assist three bonus point games, uh, Coutinho is not quite that consistent. So where are you with uh, with Martin Skirtle now? Well, okay, so... Are you looking to offload him? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't plan to start him this next week, but um, the two fixtures after that are, uh, are very appealing. He's, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Norwich and Aston Villa at home are the next two games. Three clean sheets already. Liverpool's good for, for some cleans. And then Nathaniel Klein, uh, also like a guy I will probably want to have in my lineup at some point. Uh, I, I really hesitate to give any recommendations as far as West Ham is concerned, other than the fact that my main man, Reese Oxford, uh, got back on the field today. So my uh, my first game week transfer of this FPL season is is already earning out. Yeah, the interesting thing about that West Ham team is it's actually it's hard to know which player you'd want on that team at the moment. I mean, 
they're getting scoring from a lot of different people. Yeah. Uh, you know, Aaron Cresswell, uh, Kiate, Paye, um, you know, you yeah, know well, Osako th- finally scored. Yeah, I guess the smart money is on Paye and Sako to be the ones that are going to be the highest point getters. Right. But if 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 Kiate continues to perform at 5.6 million is is really it's very tempting to bring him in. I mean, it's two two goals and an assist already at 5. Point, now he's at 5.6 million. Classic Mark Noble FPL maneuver as well. Uh he if he gets a goal, he's guaranteed to also get sent off. Uh, it's <laughs> It's remarkable. He's, he's if nothing uh, if, if nothing he's consistent. Yeah, really. That was that was so strange. <laughs> All right, moving on down the game week four fixture list. Manchester City uh, beat Watford two zero. Everyone captain Aguero this week for nothing. Yeah, two weeks in a row. That was brutal. <laughs> I'm unsure. I, I want to set it and forget it with Aguero because he will earn out even in even in difficult fixtures. You have to believe he might. But this is this is what I was talking about last week about the the, the template team thinking, right? That like it's like people uh, and, and I and I kept him the last two weeks too, so I'm not going to pretend that I'm not part of this 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 thought process. But you, I, I feel like if you, you know you read these forums and people start complaining, they're like, "Well, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've got the." I've got the template team. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, you gotta, you know, just because everyone is screaming at you to cap. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you couldn't have captain Aguero at home to Watford. Yeah. I think uh, if you stick with the armband on Aguero, it's partially out of fear, just, right. just a fear that he will but, have a four goal yeah. game and you'll miss out. But like last week, I mean, he was away to Everton and everyone captained him, you know, and I, when I say everyone, I mean, everyone in kind of a, a group of, Super nerds, a category I include myself in, who are you know, who are all still talking re- to each other on these various forums. Yeah, reaching for that top two million ranking. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't even talk about my rankings or anything right now. It's 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 too painful. Okay, so moving on, uh, Stoke West Brom, uh, two two red cards for Stoke in this game. So your Jack Butlin goalkeeper choice did not work out there at all. <laughs> they held so, tough. Yeah, he almost pulled until, it out. Yeah, until until extra time of the first half. So Stoke is yet to really take off, and West Brom defensively strong. Then we come to Spurs, Everton, nil-nil, kind of predictable there. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Kane, still on a lot of people's squads, hasn't got out of the blocks. He was in on Tim Howard with an easy goal. and I mean, Howard had a bit of a blinder, but Kane should have been putting that one away. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what week it is. when You, you had s- had your meltdown by this point, and, and <laughs> you missed watching this game live. Did you watch any of the highlights? I watched a little bit of live, yeah. It was a game of two goalkeepers. Hugo Lloris also had a really great game, too. Okay, then Southampton, uh, moving into the Sunday fixture. Southampton 3, Norwich 0. As we mentioned, Pele, Tadic, Mane bringing the hot rocks, um, all contributing to the offense there. So uh, uh, worth another look for investment. And the last game we wanted to talk about is the last fixture of the game week. Swansea 2, Man United 1. We talked a little bit about this earlier in the pod with uh, AU's dynamite assist Gomez is uh, four for four with goals Ashley Williams with the uh, greatest tackle of the season thus far on Rooney in the penalty box yeah the only thing I really want to say about this game is it becomes very interesting now to see what happens with the Man United goalkeeping situation I mean it's very clear that David De Gea should be should immediately slot in to this Man United team I mean I I, I don't know it may, it may take a while you know I, I don't know I, you know, I mean, Romero did keep three clean sheets in a row before 
really being at fault for that fourth goal or, or for the second goal in the, in the in game week four. Yeah, and though he's keeping clean sheets, he he looks a little dazed and confused back there, even when they are looking solid. I think it's his always he's always smiling. It like it makes you suspicious of him. Like it's like I, I like I don't like someone who smiles that much. It's like they're trying to uh, put one over on me or something. Oh yeah, they know. He, Romero knows something that you don't know, Josh. Yeah, like and... I might, I might be, in, I might have lived in New York too long at this point, right? I see, I see someone smiling, and I immediately assume the worst. Yeah. So is De Gea, This is just such a disaster for De Gea and United. Can De Gea even get back into the squad? Would he? Would he even play for them? I think. I think he will. I mean, I. You know. I, yeah, who knows? I guess he has to make you've lemonade got, at this point. Yeah, you've got to you've got to think about, um, you know, you just have to hold back, hang back, and, and watch and, and see what happens. I mean, I, so let's see. Over the last three weeks, it looks like something like about three hundred thousand people have transferred in Romero. So a lot of people could be looking to make a make a big escape, and a lot of people have already wild carded. So. Uh, there's nothing worse than putting a transfer on a goalkeeper. I don't know why it feels even worse than a defender, but it's just so it's so fertile. Maybe because you always have the other keeper. You, know, you always just assume that you can get through one week with, you know, without making the transfer. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I I would expect that within a couple of weeks, De Gea will come back. I mean, it's not like uh, yeah. it's not like it's such a disaster for him, really. I mean, this team, uh, you know, they have nine points out of tw- you know nine out of a possible twelve points. Um, People, no, excuse me. They only have um, they have seven points because they drew it home to Newcastle somehow. Uh, but still, you know, they have they're they're you know um, I guess it looks like they're in fifth place right now. Um, they're playing in the Champions League this year. They got a great draw, so I, I think that he'll be fine. And Romero, you could just put him right into the cups in the in the Champions League. It's a test of Louis Van Gaal's man management, I guess, which he's not known for having great skills. Whether he can get De Gea to to fall back in line. Yeah, I mean, De Gea doesn't seem like a bad guy. So, you know, I think um, I think it'll work out. And then he leaves on a free at the end of the year. And, yeah, and yeah. forgets about it. So Rooney's got to be on his way out of your FPL squad. And then Memphis Depay, I mentioned on Twitter, he is uh, buying early admission to the Josie Altador home for Premier League rejects. <laughs> he looks like total dog shit out there. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's just so far out on the left. I mean, he's, he's like in a, he's, he's just, he feels like he's just a safety valve out there. I mean, he's not involved in the play at all. I felt like maybe when they made their, their third change, he was playing a little more centrally. Um, I can't remember who the third change was at this point, but it just, oh, I guess, oh, they brought in um, uh, Fellaini, uh, who did Plan B. Yeah, that was so, and then they just played long ball. It, was, that game, it was so transparent what their tactic was, was, so was there. It really made it easy for Gary Monk to adjust. It was embarrassing. It was like uh, it was like when um, David Moyes was still there. I mean, I'm less far less concerned about Memphis Depay's positioning than I am his his actions on the ball and the shape of his crosses. His crosses resemble Michael Jordan shooting a three point shot. There's no <laughs> arc on them. They don't seem to be going anywhere in particular, and yeah. he, he still looks so timid when he's taking somebody one on one. I mean, he, he's out of my squad. Uh, he's, out, he's out of the squad. He's out. He's totally out. I mean, are you going to be a little more patient? Uh, no. I, I, I mentioned at the, at the start of the podcast uh, many hours ago that I, I'm, I'm considering actually making two transfers. Uh, it would probably be Azpilicueta and Depay, uh, and I would bring in Kolarov, who is probably a must-own player at this point, and uh, at least for the next I mean, I really, I mean, just the way he, the, the fixtures they have coming up and the way that he's playing, 
it would be very difficult to get the next few weeks without him. Uh, and then maybe bring in, um, it could be Ayu. I mean, it, I don't know. It's actually tempting to wait a couple of weeks and, uh, and try to bring in, um, uh, Sako, uh, cause he's only 5.5 and you could, you know, free up 3 million to, to spend elsewhere. Right, right, right. I mean, two weeks for the international break, I'm definitely tempted to play the market and get Depay out for Pedro or Ayu to uh, get those price rises that are surely coming for both of those guys. Yeah, I, I'm not so much of a price rise maniac. I, I just, although the price oh, we're maniacs like, now. <laughs> although the prices do seem like they're rising, uh, does it seem like they're rising more quickly than last year? I felt like the first week of the season they held, and it, but it really all hell was broken loose since game week two started. Okay, so as we mentioned, we're heading into the international break. Um, Fortunately, one of our uh, private league members is getting married. Uh, actually, two of our private league mem- members are getting married to each other That's this true. weekend. So they they um, happily scheduled their wedding for a week off of the FPL. But I just wanted to mention the U.S. men's national team fixtures for the international break because we'll all be watching as they take on Peru at the RFK Stadium uh, this Friday at 7 p.m. And uh, they'll be without Michael Bradley or Clint Dempsey because uh, they're supposedly um, working off Knox, but then they're rejoining the team, according to the uh, U.S. men's national team roster for their game against Brazil, which they're playing at, uh, at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Mass. Oh, interesting. That could be an interesting game. So uh, before we before we leave, we should give a quick rundown of game week five because uh, we're going to take the week off for the international break. Uh, but we want to we leave you with um, all of our hot takes because we are uh, two of the greatest FPL managers in all the United States. So uh, you'll want to you, take our advice to heart. You desperately need our advice. So, Josh, can you uh, take us through fixtures for game week five real quick? Okay, so uh, Saturday, September 12th, the first morning, uh, the first fixture of the morning is Everton-Chelsea, and that game is uh, at Goodison Park. Uh, great game last year, uh, 5-3 Chelsea win over Everton. Yeah, first first great game of that season. Yeah, possibly the, the best game of that season. Hey, Tim Howard got totally screwed on the offside call with Diego Costa where they got a goal what was like in the first five minutes of the game, and just all hell broke loose after after that. Yeah, so hard to know if that's indicative of. I, it, this is a very hard game to predict. If I were, if I, I would not take a punt on this game. I would predict that both teams score in this game at the very least. Seems likely. Uh, let's say Chelsea will start winning games. It's a ne- this team is too good not to start winning games. So I'll predict a three-one Chelsea win. Yeah. Uh, next game is uh, Arsenal Stoke. Arsenal's at home. Uh, God, this team really, you keep expecting them to, to turn around. Uh, I mean, it was very strange. You know, they're not the kind of team that necessarily will destroy a 10-man team. So I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, like, they just don't have that kind of, um, they're not lethal. No, exactly. You know? Yeah, they're just, yeah. Acad- they're purely academic. <laughs> and I say this as an Arsenal fan and supporter, but, uh, you know, as soon as there's a red card, I thought, oh, God, like, I just, I knew what kind of game we were in for. Yeah. Uh, so at home, uh, at home against Stoke, a Stoke team that is that is clearly still figuring itself out, given how yeah the break comes at a good sanity time for them. at West Brom game. Yeah, it does come at a good time for them. Uh, uh, they can start to integrate some of those players. Yeah, I agree. I think if this if there was no break, Stoke would be pretty wounded coming into the next game week. But yeah. I think they'll be well served, and it could be a challenge. 
It could be a challenge, uh, but I, I would predict a, an Arsenal win there. And probably uh, an Arsenal clean sheet. You pro- yeah, probably. Uh, although it's Arsenal, so, you know, let's say 2-1 <laughs> Arsenal. Uh, the next game is Crystal Palace at home to Man City, a game I'm really excited to watch. Yes, absolutely. Crystal Palace is like the hipster's delight right now. Yeah, yeah, Crystal Palace and Swansea. It's really, you've got a lot of nice options this year. Uh, I think that uh, Joe Ward think, will still be buried on my bench for this one. <laughs> you could see Crystal Palace getting a point from this game. A win is a little tougher to imagine. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, coming out of the international break, the problem is Crystal Palace probably has only one or two players who are playing in the break, and Man City probably their whole team will be away, or you know, the vast majority of the players. So De Bruyne that... maybe making his debut here. You do sometimes see this though, where you know when a team. You know the the team that doesn't have the players um, on the break actually can 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 pick up a win against a top team because that team is, you know, like a player you know flew to South America or something like that, and they're they're not quite ready to to you know get back into the season. I would guess Aguero. That's kind of a mouthful, but I, I hope you follow me there. Is uh, Aguero can't be traveling with Argentina? I mean, he's coming back from the Copa America. He's he's got to need a break, right? Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. Um, yeah, I would think so, too. All right, what's next? Uh, next is uh, Norwich at home to Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth, still still not sure about that one. Uh, and uh, I think this is a, a 1-0 Norwich win. Callum Wilson not going to come through? Are you being a little biased because you're a non-bandwagoner? Uh, I am on the Norwich bandwagon, and I want another Russell Wilson goal. <laughs> I'm predicting a goal and a clean sheet. I'll take it. I'll be I'll be starting George R. True Russell Martin as well. So uh, let's let's see the song. Let's see the dance of the dragons out there for Root North together. City. Uh, Watford Swansea. Uh, I Watford has to score at some point. They can't they can't just keep pulling out nil nil wins or or you know narrow losses on the road. I mean, it's, at some point they're going to have to score. So that is the dilemma for me because I have Fabianski on my bench. So Joe Hart. For mm-hmm. Man City, he's my other goalkeeper. He's going to be susceptible to counterattacking goals against Crystal Palace. But I totally agree. Watford will s- score at some point. Why not this game? I would I would probably start Joe Hart if I were you, right? I mean, you've got to go with the guy who's hasn't seen a goal yet this year. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so probably Thank you for Swan- your assurance. I'm actually changing <laughs> my team right now. <laughs> <laughs> probably a Swansea win, I would expect, though. Uh, let's say two one Swansea. Or Gomi's uh, going to make it five for five, maybe Why even not? six for five. Why not? I mean, I don't know how you could bet against him at the moment. Yeah. Uh, next game is uh, West Brom Southampton. Uh, two teams that we don't know enough about yet. Southampton does look better now. It, I mean, when Tadic and Mane play the way they do, they look like they could challenge for the Champions League. I mean, that's how good those guys look when they're really rolling. But that just that happens once every four or five games. Yeah, it's. It's not a good matchup for Pele to come to have coming off of scoring a goal because West Brom's defense is going to be tough at home. So, and he's a streaky guy, and I want to keep the, want him to keep his streak going. But I don't know. It's going to be. I feel like it's going to be tough for him. I think if Southampton is going to score against West Brom, it's going to be Mane. Yeah, I, I would definitely be staying away from this game, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about this as if I'm betting on these games. <laughs> but I, I don't know who I'd want uh, from a player perspective in this game either. I mean, I, I don't know that Mane is really... It's tempting to bring in Mane because he played so well last game, but I, I think you have to give it another week or two to make sure he's really... That wasn't just a flash in the... I mean, I know he was great last year, but this year he's not started very strong. Yeah, we don't have enough data. Right. 
the five, the uh, the twelve thirty game Eastern Time on Saturday is prime time. Yeah, uh, the twelfth, which seems incredibly far away, is uh, Man United at home to Liverpool. Oh my God! Yeah, this so game is going to be great. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this game. I, I can't decide. I may keep Depay for one more week. It just depends on whether I want to burn points or not. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not afraid to burn points, uh, but I don't know. It just it just depends. We'll see. I I I don't know. I don't even know what to think about this game. Yeah, you can actually, I, you can I think re- the Liverpool would come out a little bit stronger given uh, given what happened against West Ham? Um, I don't know. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I said it's going to be great, but I think I have to revise that in that it could be great or it could be really dire um, <laughs> because both of these teams this season have had good defensive records, so they could both lean on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they both go for it, um, it, it could be a really open game. Yeah, I really, I would really hope that Jordan Henderson is back for this game, as I was saying earlier in the podcast. But um, I agree. I think Liverpool, I would say, looks the favorite here because United just still looks very uncertain. Yeah, I would. They I, haven't. They've yet to make a statement. Whereas I feel like Liverpool ha- has to be really happy with how Benteke might square up against the very short defense of Man United. I thought the same thing. Even though Smalling has played really well this year, uh, I think that I, I could definitely see Benteke scoring in this game. I, I think this could be like a one-one draw. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll agree. I'll take it. All right. Uh, Sunday fixtures. Uh, first one Sh- is Luke uh, Shaw with the assist on that goal. By the way, <laughs> uh, first fixture is Sunderland Spurs. Uh, interesting fixture. Uh, sort of. Actually, I don't know why it's interesting. It's actually kind of a game I would happily sleep through. <laughs> Uh, Sunderland did look a little bit better. Maybe we'll see DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, game. that's what makes it interesting. It's the it's the Yedlin Derby. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Spurs look pretty dire at the moment. And they, I, I, I don't know what happened with the Barahino situation. I mean, I know, I know they're sort of famously cheap and don't want to pay, you know, like a penny more than anybody's worth. But it seems like Barahino really could have helped this team. I and guess. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm not know. a fan of Barahino. And um, the way yeah, you're talking about Barahino within West Brom. Right. I mean, Barahino, when he's playing off Harry Kane, that could be a very different version of Barahino. It could. He just seems like a bitch, to, <laughs> to, to, to be frank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the last, like, the, today has not helped uh, his, his image. Yeah. Uh, but he's also like, he's 20, you know, 21. I mean, it's you true. You, you, yeah, you, you do put them much. a lot of, uh, you put them under the microscope under a lot of scrutiny. It's not fair. But um, yeah. so Yedlin and Fabio Barri, Borini. Yeah, uh, Barini. Yeah, who Barini knows? back in the Sunderland squad. Yeah, almost joined last year. Didn't wanted to try and, and, and break that break into that Liverpool lineup. It did not happen. Uh, it was never going to happen. <laughs> like it was crazy that it didn't sign with him last year. Like there was a team that wanted him, and he's no good. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's okay. I don't know. We've all been in that job situation where we're just basically begging our boss for a promotion, and it's he's like, "My hands are tied." Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Well, I just don't want to look for another job." <laughs> But in this case, someone was like it was like a smaller, yeah. Well, anyway, we, we, we don't have to <laughs> it is a rather elaborate, much. elaborate metaphor. Yeah, it yeah, makes sense though. Spurs uh, will get Spurs will get a win here. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, let's see, Leicester Aston Villa is the uh, the afternoon. That, that is a crazy Sunday afternoon game. Like you know, you don't typically see a game like that as like the featured weekend afternoon game. It really is, but intriguing nonetheless, I suppose. Yeah, I will have two players in this game, uh, assuming that Marez is... You know, actually, I will have a full allotment of Leicester players in this game. Right, because uh, you have Schmeichel and goal? Yeah, Schmeichel and goal. Uh, 
uh, what's uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, the uh, defender, um, Robert Huth. No, the the Mor- other one, uh, Wes Morgan. Yeah, Wes Morgan. Thank you. Uh, I so I'll have Schmeichel, Wes Morgan, and Merez all in this game. So. I could name the whole lineup if you want me to. <laughs> Don't forget Denny Drinkwater. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget drink. Don't drink the drink water. <laughs> Don't drink the drink water. Uh, you know, Lester uh, should be favored in this game. I. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, I, I expect them to win. I mean, given how they've looked so far this year, I think uh, it's not difficult to predict that Lester win. Uh, though, no. though, well, given the way they've played, but um, I'm curious to see if and how Lester peters out, because I would predict they will um, peter out sort of like in a Southampton sort of way last mm-hmm. season. And like we were saying, Villa strengthened in the defense with Julian Lescott. Um, I could I could see Villa putting up enough of a fight where maybe it's maybe it's a one zero win for Leicester, a tougher game than one might yeah, call. That, that's possible. And Scott Sinclair, as you mentioned earlier, is looks really good at the moment. So, you know, I mean, I guess any, I, like like many of these fixtures, it's kind of an interesting week. A lot of these fixtures are not clear cut victories one way or the other. Uh, but I would expect Leicester to uh, win this game and hopefully keep a clean sheet. All right, a take it. A lot of points on my end depend on that. All right, take us home, Josh. Uh, final game is West Ham Newcastle. This is uh, this is one of those games where it's going to be happening while I'm at work, and I'm very happy that this is the matchup because I won't have any players. I'm just going to turn off my phone, and I'm not going to care at all. Yeah, it, it's really true. I mean, you, you wouldn't be missing very much. Uh, Aaron Cresswell uh, is really emerging as somebody to to try to bring in. Uh, I mean, he just offers so much. I mean, he, he's one of the few defenders who consistently offers you goal and assist threat. He's Joel Ward-esque. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's Joel Ward, of course, but but Cresswell gets close. So, sadly, Newcastle will be without their uh, new guy, Mitrovic, but Tovin is a guy that everyone is really keen on, and mm-hmm. maybe this is a game that he can make his first attacking contribution possible i mean west ham is at home they're liable to get up give up five six seven goals <laughs> yeah that's true yeah uh yeah i mean as long as they keep winning their win extras it doesn't matter three four five six goals did poppy cisse end up going anywhere today uh no 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 cisse moves so uh he's still on the team cool uh, the, the long sleeve contingent remains strong in the premier league that's right all right, so I, that is the that is the final fixture, Brandon. I think uh, we got through everything in a in a, a brisk hour and twelve minutes. It felt like <laughs> felt like an hour and eight, honestly. We're we're timely, if nothing else. So uh, go go U.S. beat Peru. Uh, we're we're really pulling for you, but yeah, enjoy the enjoy the international break. We're going to be celebrating Trevor and Stephanie. So cheers to you guys. Uh, but in the mean in the meantime, Josh, where can everyone find Always Cheating? Find us on uh, on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, and you can also get the league code there. Uh, you can also find us on uh, the website, alwayscheating.com, and we're also on Facebook. Uh, and, uh, yeah, definitely go out and join the public league. There's a very good chance that we will talk about you, uh, especially because we only have 10 people in the league so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, yeah. and we're on Stitcher Radio, and find us on SoundCloud. It would be great if uh, some enterprising person out there could write us a review, because we love your feedback. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, and uh, we love the SEO your feedback brings. That, that was sort of hidden behind uh, what Brandon was saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, Josh, so uh, I'll see you at the wedding. 
enjoy, right, Brian. enjoy the break, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right, talk to you soon. Poku forever. Poku forever. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.